Hi there, it's Nikki. I wanted to take a quick minute to make sure you knew about our free on-demand copywriting training. Whether you're brand new to copywriting or you just can't seem to hit your income goals, this training is for you. You'll learn the three secrets to landing freelance copywriting work without wasting time on frustrating job bidding sites like Upwork and Fiverr or cold calling strangers. And if you've listened to any of the student stories on this podcast, this is the exact same training they all got started with. I'm talking about Kate Kay, who's making six figures working part-time and who just retired her husband to help her run the business. Stuart, who replaced his full-time salary with freelance copywriting work, and then some. Stacy, who hit six figures in six months, her very first year as a full-time freelancer. Ashley, who landed the in-house copywriting job of her dreams. They all started with this free training, and you can get started with that same training too. Sign up right now at freecopywritingtraining.com. Are you ready to learn the keys to copywriting success? My name is Nikki Krawczyk, and I've been a copywriter for more than 20 years, writing for multi-billion dollar companies down to solopreneurs and every size business in between. My co-host Kate Sitars and I, along with the rest of the Filthy Rich Writer team, are sharing everything we've learned in our decades in the industry so that you can start and scale a successful copywriting business of your own. To us, being filthy rich means having a job you love, being good at what you do, and making great money doing it. Let's dig in. Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Build Your Copywriting Business Podcast. Hey there, Kate. Hello, hello. Hello. Okay, guys. Today, we're coming to you from the future. Okay, well, well actually, kind of. Really, we're coming to you from the past because we yeah. pre-record these episodes. But what we're talking about is both the future and the past. Uh, and as a big fan of the Back to the Future movies, I like to think there's some kind of correlation there. Um, what we're talking about is something that we are very big on in our company because it has worked out so well for us. And that is the concept of setting your future self up for success. Uh, and I think a lot of a lot of credit for this is due to Caitlin Spinney, our operations manager. This was her idea for this podcast, so also yes. credit to her for this. <laughs> yeah. She she keeps us going. Kate and I are Caitlin is is creative as well. Kate and I tend to be like, whoa, let's do this. Uh, and Caitlin reins us in and helps us set ourselves up for success. So inspired by her uh, and her, her operational genius, we are going to give you some tips for how to set yourself up for success, your future self up for success by taking certain actions right now. Mm -hmm. I guess the place to start might be deadlines. We talk about deadlines a lot. You know that you can't miss them. And sure, we're all going to have those moments where we're at the very end saying, oh, this is due tomorrow. Ah, and I'm staying up late. But that doesn't have to happen often and should be a rare, more and more rare event as your career progresses and as you get better about kind of knowing yourself, knowing your schedule, knowing what random life things can come up because they're going to come up. And so really as you're setting deadlines with your client, because you know you work with them, but if say, for example, your client says, we need this by next Friday, whatever it is, five Fridays from now, pick a date. Knowing that that's the due date, setting an internal deadline for yourself to say, okay, 
all of this is going to be done and I'm going to be ready to send it to them. I don't have to send it to them, but I'm going to have it done by that Thursday or even Wednesday before that Friday deadline. So your deadline becomes a little bumped up just to give yourself that wiggle room so that you can for sure deliver when you absolutely need to. Mm -hmm. Exactly. If deadlines come up and you regularly find yourself going, oh my God, why did I do this to myself? And actually, maybe that's true for for all of these. If there's any places in your life where you you think to yourself, why did I do this to myself? That is a a prime opportunity to set yourself up for future success. Because imagine instead of the, oh my God, why did I do this to myself? Imagine instead getting, for example, to that deadline day and going, oh, I'm already done. I can cruise through this day or I can make, ah, you know, I want to, um, I've got an entire day to make like a couple little tweaks. I want to look at it again. But mm-hmm. instead of, of maybe getting up early or staying up late or changing plans to, to cram in the work to get that done so that you can hit that deadline. Yeah. I feel like we've talked about this, but it bears repeating that no client needs copy immediately. So when you're thinking like, okay, they, even if it's a smaller project, like a, you know, I've had clients ask me, Hey, we just need a few lines that we could maybe use on images, like three or four lines. Great. I'm still pushing it out a week or two because a, usually your schedule is, and especially as you get loaded up with work, your schedule will be full and you can't just sneak things in there. But even if you feel like, okay, I could get to this today and knock it out and do a great job. Fine, but set yourself up just in case and overpromise under under promise over deliver. <laughs> over under over under <laughs> under promise over deliver. Yes. Do that. not do not, not overpromise and underdeliver. Yeah, never do that. Not recommended. No. Um but yeah, so your client never needs anything. Um, there's no copy emergencies, really. There aren't. And if there are, charge accordingly. But you don't have to put that stress is all that's to say. I feel like we unnecessarily put lots of stress and pressure on ourselves because we say, we want to deliver. We want to be the best partner to our clients. And by being the best partner, I can get to them faster. But being the best partner is going to be delivering the best copy possible. And if that means giving yourself lots of time to lower the pressure, lower the the stress level on the whole project, then then do that. There's no reason, really truly no reason to to add that extra layer of pressure for yourself. Well, and this is reminding me of of a, a rule slash boundary that you set up. Mm-hmm. And that actually I know a lot of our, our next level mastermind students are mm-hmm. are trying to implement uh, or starting to implement um is the idea of you don't take any freelance work uh until two weeks from that initial call. That is the soonest you start working on it. Um, And and some of the next level folks I know have even pushed that further to say, okay, I'm going to try to do it three weeks or a month um, just to give that additional additional space. And again, nine times out of 10, if not more, 99 out of 100, I would say, the clients are totally fine. And then that like one out of 100 times, they'll likely come back to you in two weeks and be like, oh yeah, we're fine with that time. Are you okay to still start? And, and available to work on that project because they'll realize, oh, wait, no one else is willing to just jump on this out of the blue and, and have if, – if you're a good copywriter and you're booked up, then, yeah, you're not going to have space to jump on something within a day or two. Yeah. Well, and future you doesn't necessarily have to mean you – three months in advance. It could mean you next week. It could mean you tomorrow. You know, I, there are certainly times where I have, someone has wanted to work with me and and wanted me to do work immediately. And I've been 
been tempted and I think, no, you know what? I, I'm, I'm unavailable. I can do this for you next week. And they say, oh, okay, no. And then something comes in the next day. A, a client unexpectedly needed a whole bunch of changes. And if I had taken that other work, mm-hmm. I would have been in big trouble, you know, getting up early, staying up late to try to cram in both of those projects. So having those boundaries about giving yourself uh, a little extra breathing room um, can help, yes, future you a month from now, two months from now, but it can also help future you just this same week, maybe even tomorrow. Yeah. Well, and another one is kind of along these same lines, but is to, to plan out your day and giving yourself some unscheduled time within the day. Um, it can be very tempting as you have a bunch of copywriting clients and people, people want your work and they're going to pay you to say, say yes to everything and to fill up your schedule. If you're saying, all right, I'm going to work 30 hours this week to go in and fill all of those 30 hours. But there are a couple of problems with this. Number one is it can be hard to schedule creativity. You know, there are going to be days where you sit down and luckily it probably won't happen all that often, but there are going to be days where you sit down and you look at your computer and you go, all right, I've got my, got my outline. I've got the creative brief. And now what you just, your brain just isn't doing it. And you want to make sure that you have space for that, but you also want to make sure that you have space to, um, you want to make sure that you have space to, to concept. You want to make sure that you have space to, um, even just walk away from a project and come back to it to make sure that that you're giving it the very best. Let your brain work on it when you're not actively in front of your computer. And quite frankly, too, build in time in your schedule where if you just want to take the afternoon and read a book or go for a walk or watch some TV or whatever or meet up with friends, that you can do that. And you can do that when you build in, and it doesn't have to be a ton, but maybe uh, an hour or two, a couple of times a week, that it's it's unscheduled time that you certainly, if you want to during the week, you can fill it with work, but you have that flexibility that that is unscheduled time that can either, maybe it's catch-ups time or maybe it's maybe it's fun time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was trying to think of an analogy in my head as you were saying this, but I think it's like if you pack your full schedule and there's just genuinely nine to five every day or whatever your hours that you're working are full up with things going on that you need to do, then there's, there's, it makes it so much harder. I wouldn't say impossible, but it makes it very, very difficult to move things around. If there's nowhere to move something or if something comes up, then where are you going to put it? Something else has to go or you have to spend less time on something than you initially thought you had. And so in in my mind, I'm thinking of this like a a parking lot. You want your parking Mm -hmm. lot like 75% 75% full so that you have 25% of the space is just available and you can shift you can shift the minivan for a space for a Ferrari when it comes in and that needs like more higher priority. Not that a minivan isn't great, but you know, this is an analogy. Work with me. <laughs> so you need, you need space to move the cars and the different types of cars and whatever comes up. But if you can think of it like that, to just have that, those empty blocks that then things can move. Or again, if something comes up, then you have space in your calendar to put it somewhere without having to take away from other things. And I think that's where that not booking projects two weeks within two weeks comes in because then you have, you keep that space and you keep Mm -hmm. that ability to shift things around without just getting very tight. And then yeah, it becomes a headache to shift. 
life happens, right? Yeah. You can't always predict what every day is going to look like. You could be planning to sit down and work six or eight really great hours, and then your your child's uh, school calls, the school nurse calls, and you have to go pick them up from school and bring them home and, and nurse them. Um, stuff like that happens, or the power goes out, or any or alternatively, like a fun thing opportunity mm-hmm. comes up where a friend's like, hey, you want to go? I'm in town suddenly out of nowhere just for today. Can you grab lunch? Unexpected. Whatever it is. But yeah. you want to leave room for that fun stuff too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great point. You should be able to say yes to the fun stuff. Yeah. yeah. That's another thing we were talking about before we started recording, but about looking at the weather in advance of the week. <gasps> so for example, we're kind of at the end of summer now when we're recording this, but if there's a nice day, like even if it's fall or winter, whatever, there's like one nice day in a week and you're like, oh, this, I wish I could go and enjoy whether it's sun, well, maybe you're a snow person, it's going to snow, you want to go enjoy the snow, whatever it is. But to be able to say, oh, I can do that. And I have the room in my schedule to shift things around. I have this block of time that I haven't booked. So let me shift some of my, you know, whatever work I was going to do on this day, I'm going to move to this day because I want to be able to take advantage of this one glorious day this week or Mm -hmm. maybe there are two, maybe you're lucky. Maybe you want to save more time in your schedule. But thinking of that, if you're someone who loves summertime or your kids are off in the summer and you want to spend more time over the summer, you know, you're not going to have as much time to think ahead then even at the big, very beginning of like January, we always say this too, look at your calendar. What, what do you want to block off for vacation and, and block that on your calendar immediately? Mm-hmm. So even if you have to shift the exact dates, maybe, you know, you thought you're going to take the first week of March and it's the second week of March, you have it on your calendar though. So as that starts approaching and clients start asking if you're available, you can see that block in your calendar and start to say, Ooh, okay, let me get back to you. I need to check my schedule. And be able to tell them the dates that you are available because you know you see that visual block on your calendar and say, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna figure out, nail down what those actual vacation dates are, and then and then work around it. Um, and then especially again, summertime though, if you want to work less, maybe you want to work part time instead of full time, or you want to work part part time, quarter time during the summer, or maybe you want to take a whole month off in the summer. Being able to then plan for that. Um, it starts mm-hmm. sooner rather than later and probably sooner than you even think. Yeah. And do this even if you think to yourself, well, I don't know if I'm going to want to take a vacation. I don't know if I'll be able to. I don't know if people will be able to get off work. And book it out anyway. Because worst case scenario, you can always, you know, as you mm-hmm. get close to it, you go, oh, I can't get away. So I guess I might as well work. But then you also have the space to maybe work a little bit less that week, maybe take a staycation, maybe you only work... Give yourself that flexibility. Give yourself, give future self that gift of being able to decide. Mm-hmm. Um, I, this is something I advocate. Knows this is something I absolutely need to work on for myself. Is is booking vacations, and I personally, I really benefit from at least every six months taking a weekend away, just going someplace I've never been before largely spent in the hotel room, just you know, reading and ordering in room service, not watching, but but decompressing. And it, I, if you have not tried it, I cannot recommend it enough, everyone. But, um, but weekends book up quickly and mm-hmm. I benefit from it every six months. How often do I end up doing it? Probably every nine months, maybe closer to once a year because I don't put it on my schedule. And that is some, okay. Okay. 
We will finish up recording today and I will put two on my schedule. Yes. That is my commitment to you, Kate, and to everybody listening or watching. Done and done. Yeah. And thinking about putting things on the calendar, uh, our brains are, are sieves. They're they're not good at – sitars means sieve maker. So I, it's, it's, I am actually a sieve. Yeah. Fascinating. It's, Fascinating. I, I relate to it. Um, but yeah, so like we we – we're not meant to hold all of this information in our heads. So as soon as something happens, so whether it's this, um, planning for vacation, to write it down immediately and put it on your calendar. Just get it on your calendar. And same thing, if you're more of a, I'm taking notes longhand during a meeting in a, in a notebook, giving yourself then immediately after that meeting time to process those notes. I can't tell you how many times I've taken notes and I'm like, oh yeah, I'll remember what that shorthand means. And then I spend five, 10 minutes trying to decipher what did I mean by milk chocolate? What does that mean in the context mm-hmm. of this project or whatever mm-hmm. it is? And so if you do it immediately after and you get it all into whatever system you're using, get it into a Google Doc, Word Doc, whatever, mm-hmm. typing that out and giving yourself time to actually put put more context than the shorthand you took during a meeting, for example. Mm-hmm. But whatever you think we're going to remember, just know that you're not going to remember. Or even if you do, what's the worst that happens? You set yourself up again. Like you're setting yourself up for future success. So even if you think I'll remember it, it doesn't hurt to do it, process it now, put it on the calendar now so that there's an added layer. You don't have to then remember it. Kind of along those same lines, um, you never know when an idea is going to strike you. You know, whether it's for a client project, whether it's for a new way to market yourself, maybe it's a, a client that you want to reach out to. And I know that, yes, we think, well, I've got my phone. I can always, I don't know about you, but I have tried to write copy on my phone and trying to type it with my thumbs into uh, into notes or trying to, you know, even the voice notes, I take a voice note. And then often I forget that I did take a voice note. So making sure that I mean, we're writers, making sure you always have a pen on you. And if you don't have a notepad, just carry a couple of, um, a couple of note cards, you know, because just two or three of them carrying them with you and your bag. I think, I think Annie Lamott recommends having note cards all the time of the bird by bird, which if you haven't read, it's, it's a classic, um, but have a pen on you and have, have a way to take notes on something. Even if you carry a napkin, just in case you need a napkin or in case you need, uh, in case you need to take notes. Um, but there will be so many, I I also think that doing that encourages you to come up with ideas when you're out and about, um, being able to, to capture it. I feel like it kind of, maybe this is a little, uh, a little woo woo, but the more that you capture those ideas, I feel like the more ideas end up coming to you. So let's encourage those ideas by giving them a place to go instead of trying to hold on to them in our heads when we're probably not going to, probably going to disappear. Yeah. And that also sets you up. It, it kind of falls under the concepting brainstorming time that sometimes we skip and we shouldn't. We should never skip that time. But writing these things down then sets yourself up, your writing self up for future success. So, you know, you're not staring at a blank page. You already have some ideas, some words, some phrases, some thoughts for headlines, some thoughts for what needs to be in whatever the pieces that you're writing. So thinking of that, carrying the, those note cards around and when ideas come up, writing them down, thinking of that as just that that's still concepting time. That's what that is. That's still brainstorming. Yeah, absolutely. And 
as you look at, as you look at your process too, of working with a client, are there speed bumps? Like every time you get to it, do you maybe drag your feet a little bit or do you sometimes forget to do things or do you, the, you let it, you let it slide. I'm talking things like uh, sending invoices for some reason. Mm. So, so many of us, once we're done with the project, we're like, yay, done. Oh, now I have to send the invoice. And we procrastinate on sending the invoice, which when you think about it is, is just absurd, but that's what we do. Uh, or some of us do. So build in time, build in a step in the process to send your invoice build in a step to send an email asking for testimonials and or referrals. And even better, include maybe an email that you sent to another client so that you have a template for the email that you're going to send to this client. So you don't have to start from scratch and go, all right, how am I going to ask for them? What am I going to say? Just Use which I, I make the appropriate changes, but use largely what you sent to the last client so that you don't have to reinvent the wheel. You're setting yourself up to make this important part of the process faster and easier for future you. Mm -hmm. And setting in time after that for whenever the piece goes live or is published to add it to your portfolio or at least give yourself the reminder, do I want to put this piece in my portfolio? If no, great. You say, no, this is not, I don't think it's one of my best, best pieces and I think I'm good. Uh, but if you do want to add it, then again, scheduling in that time. And so future you is not hating life when you have to update your entire portfolio all at once. Nikki and I have both done that. We can tell you it is not enjoyable. And, and yes. it's like doing your taxes. It's not enjoyable. Yeah. Well, and I don't think that we are... Um that we are tattling at all to say that uh, this is something that Kate and I experienced. This is something that I think pretty much every professional copywriter I know experiences. All of the wonderful, successful CCA students who are working, they're writing, we get to interview them and, and share their fantastic stories for you for inspiration. Almost all of them say, when we say, uh, oh, you know, can we, we share your portfolio? They all go, oh, it really needs to be updated because it's what we do. Um, and then they generally update it before we we, we give them a the deadline. Episode. Yeah, yeah we give them a deadline. Um, <laughs> but know, know that this is a classic, classic problem among creatives or among copywriters, but among anybody who has a portfolio, classic problem. So set yourself up, whether you do it after every project, whether you set it up for once a quarter, maybe it's, I don't know, the, the, the first of, I was telling Kate, I have to change the filter in my furnace and it's up in the attic and it's a very steep, uh, very steep staircase. And I, I dragged my feet on it, but I put it on the schedule for once a quarter. And when that comes up on the schedule, I go, okay, I'm just going to do it. Then you can schedule yourself and maybe give yourself an hour or two to go back. What projects did I complete this quarter? And then gather those materials and put them on your, your portfolio site. You will be so glad. Once a quarter at the very least, if you're feeling uh, a little bit more a little bit more organized than I am, uh, maybe you could do it once a month or maybe you can do it once after every project, mm -hmm. uh, do a check-in, but you will be so glad you did. It is so much easier to update your portfolio, which don't forget is a very important part of landing work. It is so much easier to update your portfolio if you're doing it regularly 
versus getting to the end of a year versus getting to the end of two years and going, oh, I need to, I need to, this, I have so much work that's not even on here. I look like a totally different copywriter. And then having to track down work, having sometimes having to reach out to previous uh, clients or previous contacts and say, hey, do you have this? Because it it went out in the world in a different way or, or something like that. Or it was a print piece and you never grabbed the print piece. It's, you will be so, future you will be so glad because I guarantee if it has not happened yet, there will come a time when you see a job listing or you meet someone or, and you, you want to apply for work and your portfolio does not have all of the work that you would like to show in order to apply for this job or position or project or whatever. Do future you, which I guess is the theme of the episode, yeah. do future you a favor. Yeah. And even you can think of it, I think that's such a good point. Sometimes you don't want to put it in your portfolio a piece, but then a job comes around where you're like, oh, if I had that piece, then I could share that with the client. You know, it it becomes more of a, a a specific piece for a specific role. And so even if you don't want to add it to your portfolio, make it part of, make it, I would divide it, the process in two to say, okay, every month I would say, what projects have I done? Make sure I have screen grabs of all of that work that I've done. Even if I don't plan to use it all, you Mm -hmm. never know when you might have to revisit that backlog and need to find a specific piece that would resonate really well with a prospective client, Mm -hmm. whether it's because the voice, it's the medium, it's the industry, whatever, Mm -hmm. maybe all three. And so having that is just really helpful, even if you're just saving it on your Dropbox or Google yeah. Drive or whatever. Yeah. So gather your pieces, yeah. even if you're not updating your portfolio. And not to go too far off on a tangent, but if you're thinking, well, if I wouldn't put it in my portfolio, why would I share it with a the client? There have definitely been times where um, I've worked with the the client and the client has has requested changes that I don't recommend. And I've said, mm. you know, I, I don't recommend these for this reason. And but they're still they're the client. They're it's their project. They end up with that. But there will be there are pieces. So there are pieces that I will I will talk through with the client, maybe on a call or maybe in person. And I'll say, you know, this I wanted to show you this piece because it's similar to what you're doing. Mm-hmm. However, I do want to let you know, you know, the the original recommendation I had was this for this reason. This is what they ended up going with, but I did want you to see this project because it's so similar to your project. And that is a perfectly reasonable, you're not throwing your client on the bus. You're not saying, look at this dumb copy they made me put in. You're just saying, you know, they, they opted not to go with my recommendation. This other thing was my recommendation for XYZ reason, which is another great way of demonstrating your expertise. Um, but this might be a scenario, that might be a scenario in which uh, it's not something you want to put in your portfolio because you don't love how it turned out, um, but it might be a great opportunity to talk something through with the client. The, there's so there's so much work that I have done that I didn't capture at the time. I didn't grab it. I didn't screen grab it. I didn't, and it's it's gone to me. There are you know I've done work with clients for for. There are clients I've done work with for years, and I just never, I never grabbed it because I was, okay, that's, I was lazy. You guys are not lazy. You are not. That's not what I'm saying. I am saying that me personally, I am lazy in that sense, uh, or in that that specific area, um, and I regret it. Future me, or well, I guess that would be current me, um, regrets not doing this. So yeah. 
just <laughs> please, please do future you a favor. So shifting gears a little bit for our work from home friends, folks that aren't going into an office at all, there's a little bit of a different vibe of working from home than there is going into an office in that if you have a whole dirty pile of laundry hanging around and you are just typing away at your computer, that dirty pile of laundry just might mentally stick out more. It's there. You can see it. Or maybe the kitchen's your thing. Or for me, it's my my immediate desk area needs to be clean and you know, not dusty and disgusting. Uh, very different than going into an office and where you don't see, it's not your house. Someone presumably cleaned that office, so you don't have to worry about any of that. So if you know that there are certain hangups for you, again, me, it's my, my desk space, doing that either before you know you're going to start working or maybe you set a day over the weekend to make sure things are in line for the start of the week or whatever it is. If you have an end of day routine, that's what I try to do at the end of the day. Like, okay, clean up. So then the next morning it's ready to go. I don't have to spend time procrastinating because that's what it is. Moving things around, shifting things around, dusting, whatever. You can just get right in and start your day without having to Basically, let's be honest, let resistance kind of take over to the start of your day. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we really, we can't separate our our personal life from our business life, much as we would like to silo each of those. Um, And even sometimes too, if you are going into an office or you're not working from home or, you know, even if you go into a cafe to work, whatever you do, but um, the, the, how you like to have your workspace is important and preparing it for when you get to your workspace. So you don't have to, as Kate was saying, you don't have to clean stuff up. But then also I always think in terms of, of sleep for mm-hmm. me, the, the output is so vastly different. Even if I've only gotten an hour less than I usually get or two hours less than I usually get. Um, it's, if you have a big client call coming up or client meeting coming up, or if you have a day that you know that you really have to dig into a project that maybe it's especially challenging, or maybe you need to be especially creative or something like that, make sure that you have adequate sleep planned in the night before. The night before is not the night to meet up with friends. It's not the night to stay up and finish the last six episodes of whatever. It's not so the night say, to finish that bottle of wine, but that too. That. Nope. You know what? That's a great point. I, <laughs> I, I, and I know that not everyone listening uh, drinks and, and that's perfectly, you know, do whatever works for you. I like wine. Um, and that's it, even, oh, oh, age. Uh, even <laughs> there are, I've noticed that sometimes even just a glass of wine can can affect can affect my sleep, sleep can affect yeah. my energy can affect my focus the next day so these are all things that that you want to consider as you're looking at your week maybe even as you're looking at your month if you have days where you know you need to be uh, on your a game on your a game in your a game at your a game attend your a game all of it with, all the prepositions with word about with, above across the a game a level effort um make sure that you're setting yourself up the day before to make that happen. Uh, so we've given you a lot to think about. Um, and certainly neither of us expect you by any means. Also, it's your own lives. But uh, neither of us expect you to to implement all of these. But honestly, even if you implemented a couple of them, um, 
we can tell you with absolute certainty uh, that future you will be glad. And you will, and honestly, too, you will appreciate it every time you future you becomes current you and you go, oh, goodness, I'm so glad I set myself up this way. And that will also then help you continue to do that. Yeah. It becomes a habit at that point, which yes. is, yeah, exactly. Makes future you easier. will be glad. So with that, we will catch, well, future you, which will then be current you in the next episode. Bye, everybody. Like what you heard? Subscribe to the Build Your Copywriting Business podcast so you never miss any copywriting tips, tools, or tactics. And if you think copywriting might be right for you, check out our free on-demand video training at freecopywritingtraining.com. We'll catch you in the next episode.